I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? Hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Oh, and welcome to episode 15 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 10 and preview of round 11. This episode is brought to you by Orlando City Rhinoplasty. Uh, no, no, uh, actually brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by a full co-host lineup. We have Michael Denton, Blaine Riffle, and our behind-the-scenes man, Simon Thwaites. Also, please welcome our special guest, Anne-Marie Carson from Total MLS. How is everyone tonight? Doing, doing well, right? doing well. Great. Excellent. Glad everyone's made it back from uh, various trips. Oh, no, wait, that's Jason. Jason's still gone on trips. Jumping. I think he's at baseball stadiums. What is this? That, that's not That's not soccer. What's up with Jason? It, it's just more excuses, Reed. I, I think it's like, what, the fourth week he's missed? So, you know, Jason to miss 4-4. It, it's, it's a bad sign for Jason when you miss 4-4. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think he's just just depressed about how his Real Salt Lake has been doing. But let's let's get into that, guys. Let's talk about round ten. Lots of stuff happened that's worth mentioning. But first, tell me about your team, Simon. Um, so I got 112 this week with a Giovinco captain, and let me tell you, that catapulted me up the rankings, 417 places to 1,938th overall, <laughs> proving that. Yes, yes, you can from fall from the top 10 one season to whatever this abyss is the next. So, hey, not outside of the top 2,000 anymore, though. Watch out, top 10, here I come next year. Mike? Uh, I did 119, um, was super stoked after the midweek match, and then... All the double game weekers did absolutely nothing in their second match, except for Josie Altidore and uh, Michael Bradley. Um, but had Giovinco captain um, one nineteen. Big disappointment was in defense. I had both Long and Paranel, and mm. one didn't start. Uh, and then they played against Philly, and they might as well have not started. So, um, but one nineteen moved up. Uh, Green Arrows every place except for the this host head head league. <laughs> Sounds like you were uh, penalized for going against your New York team. Yeah, well, we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, he, he used my beloved New York City Pigeons against me. He he won at the end with David Villa and Jack Harris. Blaine, yeah, one twenty one this week. Um, I thankfully avoided the New York Red Bulls trap. I think Long was the only one that was in my roster. Had Paranel on the bench, but unfortunately, I wasn't allowed to make the one big transfer I really wanted to, which I was going to drop um, Zavaleta and Paranel for Morrow. But a little fender bender on Wednesday night. And a trip to the hospital kind of stopped that transfer from going through. Otherwise, I probably would have had a better week. Don't worry. Everybody's okay. Wasn't too bad. Just pregnant wife. So got to go to the hospital. Ooh, that's pretty intense. Um, I think you made the right but decision. 120, yeah, 121 after all that, I will take it. Yeah. Uh, Anne-Marie, did you have a happier week? <laughs> I finished with 111. 
I captained Geo, and I also had Dom Dwyer. And then with the Kansas City defense, that kind of worked out for the first game, not so much the second. Yeah, I think that's the tale of all the double game week players this round. Uh, for myself, I had 128 points. The most of that was collected in that first round. I had a team entirely of double game week players, so uh, that was very nice. I only had two Sporting Kansas City players in my back, Beasler and Opara, so I only got one of them actually play. But then I had uh, Dwyer, Altador, and Geo up front, so I had a at least some production from other double gaming players. I did have Long and Felipe, so not much there. Uh, and I had Robles in the goal, so I could have, well, it could have been a little bit better, but um, hey, 128 can't fault that. All green arrows, so, and I still number one in my head to heads. Awesome, awesome. Uh, but we talked about just the failure of double game week. So I'll let you guys talk a little bit about anyone, a little bit about the rotations. And there were only two double game week players in the dream team. So what's up with that? What is the right number of double game week players to target for, for these big games? Well, Reed, I'll start off. You, there were three double game week players in the dream team. And that was Beasler, Hagland, and Bellhopper. But if you look at the best score for the round, I think he had eight or nine double game week players. He had nine double game week players in there with Youngworth and Ellis being the two non-double game weeks. And I think all, uh, Melia got nine for him. Zussi was his only, or Zussi and Lawrence at four, but three of them, or six of them, sorry, hit double, hit double digit scores. I mean, it's, it's really hard to argue with the production of guys when they're going to get double digit scores with a clean sheet, without a clean sheet, with a couple goals. I mean, a little bit of production. I mean, I Bradley didn't do a whole lot. Failhaber didn't really light up the score sheet too much, but he still ended up with 17 points over two games. I'll take the double game week guys if they're going to push that type of consistency regularly over some of the single game week guys. I'll take the risk because my my score is going to be more consistent and usually a little bit higher at the end of the week. So you think the anomaly was the success of the single game week players in? Does anybody else agree? I do. I mean, especially if you look at the dream team, a lot of those are kind of random people who had really great weeks. Like, for instance, Minotis got 16 points, got two goals against an Orlando City team that had been very stingy. Uh, we didn't even think Minotis was going to play. We assumed Torres was, and then we found out that Torres had a concussion. Uh, Sapong getting a hat trick. I don't know that that's expected. Simon getting 13 and a clean sheet on the road with as bad as Montreal is. Uh, I think exactly what Blaine said, the if you look at the top players and what they did, they had a lot of success using double game week players. And that's because double game week players are generally more reliable to get those big digit scores. Now, as we saw, you don't have to go in all in on the double game weeks. Maybe if you know you see the defense is going to be weak. Um, and I, I think the people who did better this week uh, were able to have some single game week uh, defenders instead of the mostly bad uh, defenders that we got from the double game week players. But um, I, I just think as far as what can you tell ahead of time is going to be a double-digit um, points bonus, you're going to look at the double gaming players first. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, you mentioned CJ, CJ Sapong. I believe that was maybe his first hat trick in his career. I don't know, but that that's crazy. He seemed to really bring the pain uh, against that New York Red Bull team. Is that just because they decided to rest? That that seemed like an important game to them, a conference game that they dropped those three points on. 
it, it seemed like they collapsed within 10 minutes because it was like nil nil in like the 75th minute or something. And I was actually hoping I was getting two clean sheets and then pew, boom. <laughs> um, it, it, it went downhill kind of fast. So I, I don't, I think it's actually one of those where Jesse Marsh rotated, but didn't rotate enough. And the Red Bulls uh, lost gas at the end. I think this is the lack of a proven Red Bulls leader on the field right now. I think this can go a lot of it goes back to Dax McCarty not being on the team anymore. They just don't have that on-field presence that can hold them together in these tighter games, especially in the double game weeks when you have to rotate players. I know there was a lot of talk last week about Kleschen not playing Wednesday games on the road. I don't think he played a single Wednesday game on the road, and he played only part of them at home. Uh, Bradley Wright Phillips is also one that get, tends to get rested, and I just don't think they can hold it together through all the rotation without that proven leader. And and on the leadership thing, they also have been really struggling on the road, and that's another area where you really need strong veteran leadership to kind of get your guys up and get through all the difficulties that are associated with road travel in, in MLS, and they're just not getting it done on the road. I mean, they had so much success at home, and then the second they go right back on a road trip, uh, they get shellacked b- both times. Um, so uh, Des- Jesse Marsh definitely has some work ahead of him in getting that team right if he wants to get back to the levels that they've been the past two seasons. So we did have several teams that saw success on the road. One of those was Toronto in their second game, which I think a lot of people thought they might drop. Simon, uh, Seattle's now gone two games against Toronto without scoring a single goal, and they come out and get this one here on on, I don't know if we're going to call it a B team, but definitely a, a rested team. How did that game make you feel? I mean, all I would say is we may not have a goal, but we have a cup. Oh, um, sorry. That was uncalled for. I think that was um, a fine result. That's that's fine. I don't know. That was a pretty frustrating game to be at, honestly. Uh, I think you can read like a bunch of analysis pieces on how the Sounders have a bunch of possession but can't really do anything with it. And it's just like kind of mind-numbing to watch them concede such a soft penalty, like stupidly trip Josie in the box and go down 1-0 and then like float crosses in for an hour trying to win. It's like a very boring game to watch. So, uh, yeah, I would be kind of low on Sounders players until they can kind of figure out how to make it happen in the final third. I think some of the luster from that 3-0 win at L.A., it's kind of coming off once we've realized how terrible LA is defensively. So, yep. well, LA may be struggling there on defense, but they were able to get a couple of goals back this week against Chicago. Uh, they found the draw, but it was only after they got uh, Vendame and Jermaine Jones off the field. Is is this the LA that we need to see without those two big people on it? I think LA without Jermaine Jones is something that we would need to see. I mean, I think he creates a defensive liability that um, uh, Jao Pedro has not been able to cover. Um, if you talk to LA people, Pedro looks so much better when Jermaine Jones is not on the field. When Jermaine Jones is on the field, Pedro looks lost. When he's on there, he looks like he could be actually be a good signing. Um, Jermaine Jones is not positionally disciplined. Um, anyone who's anal- analyzed Jermaine Jones's game has said that. And I, I think LA is going to have a decision to make if, if they're going to want to try to shore it up. I don't know if benching Jermaine Jones is enough. I mean, I'm not really all that impressed with LA managing to come back at home against the Chicago Fire, who's on the tail end of a three-game road trip. Um, so I don't think Jermaine Jones fixes all of their problems instantaneously, you know, 
pick up uh, Giovanni Dos Santos and pick up Alessandrini. But um, maybe benching Jermaine Jones might make that defense closer to the second-ranked defense we saw last year. And remember, Jermaine Jones, if you're listening, that's Michael Denton on Twitter. Do you have any comments? <laughs> that, that's at Dat Tiger, Jermaine. More than welcome. To <laughs> well, Amory, you haven't gotten a chance to talk much, but I'm going to give you your time right now, and I and I hope that this is something you've been waiting for. A great victory over Sporting Kansas City. Did you feel like the lineup that Kansas City trotted out at the beginning of that game was a bit of an insult to the potential that Minnesota has? Um. You know, quite honestly, not really. I mean, Peter Vermees is kind of known for doing that. So, I mean, if I'm if I'm Vermees and I'm seeing that my team just played, you know, a few days ago, and now we're on the road playing on turf, I mean, it makes sense why he did. I don't think I don't see it as an insult. It's just kind of frustrating for fantasy owners. Um, and I I did not expect Minnesota to win that game, not even by a little. That's why I went with Dom Dwyer. So. You know, I was a little bummed out that my fantasy team suffered, but I was thrilled that, you know, the Loons came away with that win. You had a couple of players who were scoring goals that hadn't really in the past. I mean, before it was just Ramirez and Molino. Those were only options. Now you have a few more. Is this giving you a bit of a uh, hope that some more of your players will be fantasy options in, in the long run? Um, or is that too much? I, too Too much too soon? I don't, I'm just, I don't really know who, I mean, you could go with Abara or Denlati. I mean, Denlati is really cheap too in fantasy, but um, I don't know minutes wise if if this is like the lineup from now on or if they've got um, Kadri on the bench too, who, who was the original starter. So um, yeah, I say not for right now, but maybe by summer <laughs> it's, we'll get a better idea of who the main pieces are. So, Blaine, I have to give you a chance to respond. I, I did come down pretty hard on on your Kansas City boys right there. Yeah, so Kansas City's kind of up in arms on it right now. Um, nobody's happy with the Igor Julial play. Um, it's really understandable that Ike Opara gets rested. I, the numbers have been coming out. He's only played 16 games as his career high in a, single, in a season. And that's uh, pretty appalling, really, for a top flight center back so resting him on turf on short rest makes perfect sense i'd rather than protect him and drop a game uh julia should have been uh shouldn't have gotten that start it should have been sadabul salam but that's a whole nother story and then madranda was rotation risk from the beginning sure you know we talked about it la it was talked about last week that he was gonna probably see some some of the bench i i didn't expect him to start both games. I thought he might see a little bit more time, but it was what it was. And then, yeah, credit to uh, Minnesota on that one. They torched Kansas City down that right side of the defense, and they went right at Ellis and Juliao, and both of them are known as defensive liabilities in Kansas City. So really well worked by Minnesota. Once you see that lineup, you really don't expect less than that. I did kind of expect a Kansas City goal from that game, but – yeah, if Minnesota can do that to the right side, it's going to be hard to stay in that game. Indeed, indeed. Uh, one more game that I'm going to mention, and then I'll let you guys talk about anything else. Uh, Mike, I think you and I can agree that our, our dear friend on Twitter, TK, definitely had his best night ever uh, seeing his his favorite player, Chris Wondolowski, get those two goals and that assist. 
Yeah, um, that that was a great uh, game, um, mostly because, you know, when we were doing the podcast, we really didn't know if Valeria or Nagby were going to be in or out. Um, and this was kind of what I've been expecting with them out last week against FC Dallas, but San Jose just absolutely decimated Portland. Um, Wondolowski with, with a beautiful goal that, that I'm sure our friend Tyler is going to have a poster on his wall um, by the end of the day um, just to stare at longingly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, I think San Jose has been really good this year. The, they're very solid defensively and they've been able to get um, key goals that that have rescued them results. Now their offense isn't really good, but I mean, Wondolowski is still a cheap option. I think, I don't know what he is now, but he's only a little bit above um eight dollars or eight million and so that's a, a great value considering the, the rest of the forward field so yeah um wandelowski's and and san jose especially the, the guy we're not talking about which is youngworth who even without a goal managed to put was it 17 or 18 this time i think it was 17 last week 18 this yeah 18 this week um which is ridiculous what for a defender um to eat when he doesn't have a, a goal but to, to get two assists he's been involved on both ends two attacking bonus points two defending bonus points uh now he's getting pricey at 6.1 but he's definitely someone i think everyone's going to be looking at this week well that's all i have to point out guys floor is open <clears throat> any other games you want to talk about or highlight or any other fantasy standout players that you think people need to be aware of going into round 11 throw out cj sapong on a hat trick i know that's kind of odd for him but that puts him tied for first on goals this season in the Golden Boot race at seven. Uh, with with the way Philadelphia has been playing, he seems <clears> to be the one that's getting the best chances and making the most of his chances for that team. I know Jay Simpson was supposed to come in and do it, but Sapong was scoring goals off the bench early. And here he is now gets another start and really makes himself known. I think you got to watch his matchups very closely but he is one of those players to definitely keep an eye on when he gets the right matchups. I was going to bring up the New York City-Atlanta match, um, mostly because Atlanta's had so much success early this year. Now that's two games in a row where they've really struggled. Um, I, I think teams are starting to figure Atlanta out. Uh, they really didn't have any answers for New York City. I was kind of surprised that they didn't press. They didn't really do anything all that interesting and got blown out. I think New York City had 2.69 expected goals, which if you follow game-by-game game expected goals is really, really high. Um, so I'm I'm starting to sell on, on Atlanta because I, I think that you're starting to hit the, the summer season, which for expansion teams is always the hardest uh, part. You know, even if you spend the big money, teams start to figure you out and those teams don't have the depth or, you know, knowledge of each other to really be able to, to come up with plans B and C, which is what you need to succeed in the league. So um, we'll, we'll see if that trend continues for Atlanta or if people have started to figure them out. And don't forget Atlanta. We'll see a change soon when Brad Guzan enters the lineup for them at the back. Yeah, um, and then, should, should be a whole lot more nutmegs for him. So that, that'll be oh, great. Oh, you went there. <laughs> you went there. <laughs> yeah, the other one I was going to point out was uh, Mauro Minotis and Houston. I mean, they've had some good luck up top with their strikers. And I know Torres was out this week. Um, really wondering if they've got a four forward situation because basically everybody but Torres can play out wide if they need to. I don't know what's going to happen up there with four quality players that can fill in. That could be huge rotation risk 
from here on out, or we don't. I just don't know how that one's going to shake out. I'll leave it open to everybody else to comment on that. But I, but Minotas has really made a statement last year, and then he got put back on the bench with a couple of big signings. But here he is again, making another statement, making a case to start over really any of the three if he keeps play, any of the other three if he keeps playing like this. So with Kyoto getting hurt and Elise doing kind of being the third striker before that or the third four or guy up top before all the injuries, I really don't know what's going to happen with this lineup. Might be something to watch out for, but any of those guys are prepped for a good game whenever they all whenever three of them take the field. Yeah, not just prep for a good game, but also prep for probably a, a high price tag sell later on if New England, not New England, if Houston needs to find some cash uh, to make another move. So that that will be something interesting to keep an eye on going forward. Moving on to our housekeeping section. Uh, there are two teams that are on a double game week this round. Uh, so it's a small double game week round, sandwich between two big double game week rounds. Those teams are Columbus and Toronto. Now remember, this is Toronto's second week in a row where they have played two games and their early games this week. So keep an eye on that Toronto rotation. We'll talk about that a little bit later when we break down these games. Also, Patreon, thank you so much for everyone who's been donating. Uh, at the beginning of this month, I got the May donations that have come through. Thank you so much. That's given me enough uh, cash to order some more pint glasses so I can get those shipped out to everyone and to help us continue to cover the hosting fees that we have through SoundCloud. So thank you so much for everyone who's donated. Thank you so much to everyone who interacts with me on Twitter and with the other guys on Twitter and any other social media platform. <laughs> Uh, we are glad that you're having fun, and I hope that you continue to think this is a program that's worth donating. If you're listening to us now for the first time and you'd like to help support the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, head on over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I. Thank you so much. And now, which you're all waiting for, Mike, give us that injury report. Okay. Um, there's not a whole lot of injuries, so let's make people aware next week after this there's a massive double uh, game week round uh there's what was that uh 10 teams with two matches so if you're looking for single game week players you might want to go check and see who who those teams are um and in case they might have some rotation at the beginning this week um but as far as injuries well i talked about jermaine jones and la um hat announced like 25 minutes before we started recording that um, Jermaine Jones has a grade two MCL strain and he's going to be out three to four weeks. So at least for the next month, uh, Jermaine Jones will not be um, part of LA's uh, lineup. Um, we have some Watson in Vancouver has the flu and apparently the flu is now going around the Whitecaps locker room. So if you're relying on Whitecaps players, you may want to be a little nervous or have some backup because there's some uh, sickness going around. For uh, Watson, for the New England Revolution, he's our player this week who's on Disco Watch. Uh, looks like he, um, I think he stiff-armed or something, hit, hit someone in the in the face, one of the crew players, so he's on possible uh, suspension watch. Wingo for Seattle has an ankle sprain. Smetzer said it didn't look good. Cubo Torres, he missed this week with a concussion protocol, but he's already been cleared to play this week uh, against Vancouver. So if you want him, uh, he's good to go. Um, we have a bunch of international call-ups starting up now. Um, Adams from the New York Red Bulls and Herrera from New York City 
have already been confirmed as call-ups or at least are leaving to camp. The U.S. has not put out its under-20 World Cup roster yet. So when that is announced, and I don't know when that's going to be, um, you might see some of the younger players uh, have to leave. So um, this is something where if y'all see a team announce that their players are leaving for camp because there's a whole lot of U20s even in the um, you know the Concacaf region who who will be leaving. Uh, just let me know and I'll tweet it out at MLS Injury News because uh, there's going to be a, a a bunch of absences among the younger players you know who tend to be the cheap players that we like. Um, that they're you're going to have them and they're going to be gone for like a month. So um, you know it's the same like a World Cup with the you know the senior team. Um. And last but not least, for the single game week, guys, Dom Dwyer picked up his fifth yellow card. He will be suspended for the match against uh, Orlando City. Uh, now for um, oh, I had one more, few more single game week players. Excuse me, uh, Alberg for Philadelphia, quad pole, no timetable. Bill Hamid, uh, I told you last week he was struggling with a groin injury. Club said it wasn't serious. Well, he missed last week. Uh, I would assume he can play this next coming week, but I'm not sure. It looked like not having Hamid in there cost DC, so kind of keep an eye out to see um, if he actually practices this week, which is a better sign than the club just saying that he's okay. Um, now for um, double game week teams, Drew Moore, um, he is expected to play against Minnesota, so he should be out against the Columbus crew, but he will play, or they're, they're trying to get him back in time for the Minnesota match. And then Artur for Columbus, he is going to be back in full training tomorrow, did some partial training today. I'm assuming that means it's too late for him to start against Toronto, but maybe for the match against Montreal, you might see Artur back. Uh, we already saw Clint Irwin come back for the match against Seattle. And then um, Cognale for uh, the Columbus crew played 11 minutes. So I don't know if he's ready to start for Columbus, but I think it he's possible to start because uh, I think he's healed enough from his injury, obviously, that he can play. So um, those are the injuries and, and discipline stuff that uh, I caught, uh, unless y'all missed something or y'all caught something I didn't. No, that is thorough as always, Mike. Thanks a whole lot, especially for clearing up that dry, Dwyer information. Yeah, um, and w one thing that uh, Reed and I have noticed, if you look uh, to trying to see how many yellows a person has, do not go to the fantasy website and, and try to look at the yellow cards because for, for some reason that doesn't seem to have all the information. Go to their player page on MLSsoccer.com and go to the game logs and count from there. That's really the only way you're, you're going to be able to do it because for some reason not all the yellow cards are showing up on the fantasy side because we had Dwyer this week and there was someone last week, Reed, we were talking about that we couldn't figure out how they had five and then eventually I counted <laughs> they had five. Um, I think it was one of the Toronto defenders, but I can't remember which one. But be be aware of that if you're trying to figure out if someone is on suspension watch because MLS hasn't been very good about putting that information out this year. Okay, well, that is enough about round 10. Let's talk about round 11, the preview. Mike, Columbus versus Toronto. I think the most important thing that people want to know about this game is who will be available in the first game that could be getting rotated in the second game. Well, I mean, for, for Toronto, most of their team is going to be probably a rotation risk. Um, I mean, I, I'm assuming uh, Giovinco is going to play since he was held out of the Seattle game. Uh, the same is probably true of Beta Shore and uh, Zavaleta, um, you know, because they did not travel at all. So I'm assuming they didn't travel in order to play 
both of these games coming up. Uh, you know, we can't guarantee that. I, I think your bigger concerns for, you know, the big um, Toronto guys are going to be Josie Altador and Michael Bradley. Uh, we know Michael Bradley is, you know, very fit, tends to go a lot of minutes. Uh, I don't know if TFC will push him. I, I think he'll play this game. I'm more concerned about the Minnesota match because it is on turf. Uh, I think that's probably true for Altador too. Uh, now, we'll at least we'll see this lineup, but uh, I think for most of these teams, you really need to have a backup in place for whenever you see the lineups uh, right before deadline to kind of know to to mix and match um, if someone uh, gets rotated. For for Columbus, I think the big rotation risk is uh, Higuain. Uh, I don't know if there's many others. Um, you know, Miram, in the beginning of the year, he was getting subbed out early. But since then, he's been getting 90 minutes a little bit more consistently. Uh, actually, it's been Finley more recently who's been the, the, the early sub for uh, Greg Berhalter. Although, and I didn't mention this, Greg Berhalter is also suspended for the TFC match because he got kicked out. Um, so I, I think for rotation risks, your big ones are Michael Bradley, Josie Altador, and Higuain. Um that said, right now in my lineup, I have all of them because they've been really good this year. They've been very consistent. And so if they start this match, I definitely want them uh, in my team. Uh, this is a re- second time these teams have met uh, in Columbus. The first one was a 2-1 win. Uh, I think Josie and Ola Kamara got goals in that one. Um, I'm expecting kind of the same uh, 2-1 or, or 2-2 Um I'll, I'll say a two-one Columbus Crew again. Um, I, I think. I think we just lost Mike there for a second. Uh, just so the rest of you guys know, one rumor I have heard is that Drew Moore could be coming back during this this series for Toronto, most likely in the second game. So we'll talk about that one in just a second. But Blaine, let's move on to you now. Houston versus Vancouver. Yeah, especially after Mike's injury news, that really solidifies my original view. I think Houston's going to run all over this game. I really think they just have too much of an attacking presence for Vancouver to deal with, especially playing on the road. I know Midwest is heating up a little bit. Vancouver and the weather, Vancouver players in the weather might be a little bit problematic. I know we're here, here in Missouri, we're hitting 90 degree days already. And if that weather holds down in Texas, it could be hot and humid for them. Um, really do like this one. I don't know if Torres is going to be back, so that really make, makes it tough. But keep an eye on the injury report, see what's coming up. Um, I'm expecting uh, 2-0 to Houston, and I really think you can start picking from their key players. You could go Torres or Minotas if Torres isn't playing. Um, Elise has been really good, and he's less likely to be rotated at the moment. Kyoto's still coming off that injury, and they seem to be watching his minutes pretty close. Um, I really like Alex as a value pick this week. And with the way Vancouver has been playing, it wouldn't be out of the question to consider some of these defenders as potential options this week. I know they've got a few more of the budget-priced players with Machado and Leonardo both being at the 5-1 and 5-2 mark when a lot of your uh, TFC guys that you think won't get rotated are a little more expensive and pushing that 6-0 mark. I'm really not looking at any players from Vancouver this week. Sounds fair. Anne-Marie, second time that Minnesota is going to be taking on a double game week team in their second round. Do you think they're going to fare as well against Toronto on the road? I don't. I really don't. 
Oh. Um, <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, I think, I guess it depends on the lineup that Toronto puts out. I should say that. Because if Minnesota backline has to deal with, you know, Altador, Giovinco, um, and Bradley all night, I don't think it's going to go very well for them. Um, but if it's, say, just Giovinco or just Altador, then, you know, then they might have a chance. But I don't think they can take on all three. Um, I kind of predict a score of 4-2, maybe 4-1. Oh, Minnesota, I, I know. Minnesota does have a way of um, of getting goals even when they're losing by a lot. But I think Giovinco starts this game. It's at home. Um, and I just think he's going to have a, a fun time. <laughs> I really do. Geo, fun time. I'm going to put that down in my notes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, I mean, no disrespect to Brent Kalman, but or Calvo for that matter, but I don't think any of them have really faced attackers quite like, you know, Giovinco and, and Altidore. Sure, sure. Yeah, no disrespect to, to Minnesota. Toronto's got quality players. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. Simon, uh, first time you're getting to share some information with us, and it's for Colorado versus San Jose. Uh, do you think San Jose has what it takes after that great round last week to crack a Colorado defense? Sure, man. Colorado sucks. Uh, my score <laughs> prediction, that team blows, and I know teams that suck because I watch the Sounders every week. Um <laughs> Sorry, bringing bringing some hot takes to the podcast tonight. My score yeah, prediction that... is two zero to San Jose. Um, I think San Jose's defense is really solid, and you can see that Colorado's offense has been not good in any way. So my expectations are this is either going to be this is probably not going to be super high scoring, but that San Jose wins. Um, fantasy standout ideas i think haika is a pretty good option just because that guy whenever he plays i've had him in my team a few weeks and he's a good creator for san jose i'd rather have him than anyone else and of course the all-star jungwerth florian jungwerth i love that guy um so if you want to what seem to love saying his name too yeah i do love saying his name it's it's very nice he's very nice in german i like it um, yeah, if you want to take a defender on the road who's a single game week and costs a lot of money, that's your dude. But I might kind of stay away from players in this game. I, I don't like taking road players no matter what. So maybe it's just that I find San Jose and Colorado terrible and I don't want to have players in a match that I have zero interest in watching. But if you were, Heike and Jungwirth, I'm telling you, that those are some guys that I might consider. Do not take Colorado Rapids players. Don't be stupid. Ouch. Ouch. Harsh, harsh words, but uh, probably speaking the truth for the way that points have been going. Uh, Blaine, Columbus's second double game week is against Montreal, who got a narrow win last week. Do you think they could repeat that this time? Uh, no, I don't. I'm done with Montreal at home. They seem to play better on the road. I know that's weird, but I- – after you, I had Piotti the last home game, expected something more than what he got. He gave me two points. So I'm just I'm done with Montreal at home. Uh, their defense is a little beat up. They don't really seem to find the consistency you want from them. Um, facing even a tired Columbus team, I think they're going to get exposed a little bit. Um, the only Montreal player I'm even considering at this point is Tabla. As long as he keeps starting at that price, 
he's got to be a switcheroo candidate. Um, scored a goal last week, so definitely worth keeping an eye on him, throwing him on the bench. He's still cheaper than the, the other scrubs, and he's playing, so might as well take the risk. You've got an easy switcheroo candidate there, and you're saving yourself a little bit of money. So with that said about Montreal, um, Columbus coming off a double game week. Like This could be a tough game, but it is Montreal at home, so – Really, it's it's hard to decide on the Montre- or on the Columbus players. I'm expecting some rotation here. Uh, Ola Kamara could go for a second game, but he could also get rested for this one. Um, I think Miram's probably your only candidate to really get, or Miram and Trap are your two candidates to really go uh, 180 or do a 60 and a 90 throughout the week. I'm really considering both of those guys. In the back, I just don't know if I trust their defense enough to really pick anybody here. Um, so I'm going to say one out of Columbus. Oh, that's a narrow little scoreline there. Mike, I, I think this is definitely going to be the game of the week. Uh, D.C. versus Philly. Um, I, I, don't, I mean, it, it is a game of the week. It is. I don't know if it's going to be the game of the week. <laughs> um, yeah, these are two bad teams. I, I know Philly had that big win against a, a tired New York Red Bulls team. Um, I, I'm not looking for much fantasy value here. DC does doesn't have it together. I mean, they struggled against Montreal on the road or, or at home, and, and Montreal is not very good. We we I think they're still the 19th best uh, offense and defense by expected goals uh, per game. If you're going anyone here, um, I'm, I'm going to give DC a, a little bit longer to, to see if they can get on the same page now that Mullins is back, uh, and hopefully they can get Miarco back too to kind of get their offensive to firepower together. Um, if you're going fantasy here, I think the only person you're looking at is CJ Sapong. Um, personally, I don't think he's valuable enough to overcome the the forwards that we have. But he is the goals leader. He's just coming off a hat trick, and he seems to have finally beaten out uh, Jay Simpson for the job. So he's no longer coming off the bench. So he's a real viable fantasy starter. And since he started off the year um, on the bench, he, he's pretty low priced. So if you're looking to save some money and go be a little bit differential, I, I think CJ Sapong could have a goal. Um, I'm, I'm thinking this is like a 1 1 game. Um, I, I don't expect a whole lot. I think Philly got a little lucky with a, a tired Red Bulls team last week. And, and I, I just don't see enough quality out of either of these teams to really put a whole lot of fantasy value over double game league players. Did you have a different take on this game, Blaine? Uh, not too much different. I think this one could actually be a little more exciting than this. Um, Philly on the road has not looked good. And I think DC's kind of finally finding their feet on the offensive end. Um, I could easily see this one being another three, three game. I really like what <clears throat> Sapong has done for Philly. Um, adding Alberg in the middle has really, uh, sparked this team and Latou up top for DC. I know it's just kind of a makeshift lineup, but they seem to be getting their feet a little bit more. Um, I could see them putting up a few goals on this weekend Philly defense, I mean, kind of a toss-up, but I could see exactly what Mike said, just being a low-scoring, kind of grinded-out game. But I could see this one really opening up and do a 3-3 game just as easily as that. Two very interesting takes. Oh, something I'll add on CJ Sapong. Uh, he has a 4.97 expected goals um, 
where he has has seven non-penalty goals. So he's really exceeding um, what he should be getting. So we we could be seeing some regression for CJ Sapong pretty soon. So don't put too much stock into him, even though he is cheap. Okay, Orlando City versus Sporting Kansas City. Uh, A bit of a homecoming game for Dom Dwyer, but then he got that yellow card. Uh, Emery, do you think that that is good news for Orlando? They're still unbeaten at home. Yeah, I think that's great news. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to this game. You know, two losses on the road for Orlando City, and I think coming back to their home crowd and their home field, I think they're really going to exploit a tired SKC. Um, they have no Dom Dwyer, uh, and their players are coming off a double game week. So I think Orlando is going to take this one 2-0, and I think SKC is going to spend a lot of time defending the ball. I think it's going to be a lot of Orlando City attack. And I kind of see Kaká as being a secret pick on this one. Ooh, yeah, he got one goal, I believe, last round. Yeah. Is is Laren, of course, a, an obvious choice to go with as well, or is it just Kaká? Um, Laren's obviously ob- always a choice, but he is streaky and um, what I don't think he, I don't think he scored in the last round. He had an assist, I believe. So, um, I would probably choose Rivas before I choose Laren, but Ooh, wow. that's just me. Very nice. Reed, like Reed, I'll jump in here with Dwyer being out. Um, your most likely switch here is um, Suni Saad up top. But we could see this young guy, uh, Daniel Shallowy, uh, get his first MLS start. Um, that's just we got the or we've got the absence there, so I thought I'd jump in and say what the likely change in the formation would be on that one. Good call. Sure, yeah, good news to know. Uh, Simon, you're going to have to help Jason defend his RSL team if you can. But we got New England versus RSL. Is this just going to be an easy game for New England? Sure, I think so. Uh, RSL has to travel. I don't think RSL has been particularly great this year. Um, who's going to argue with me on that one? Probably nobody. But, you know, New England can score some goals, so I'm saying 3-1 to one, New England. I think you could go pretty well with picking up Agadello or Lee Wynn. I'll probably have Lee Wynn on my team. Those are the guys I'd grab from that game. You know, realistically, you could probably pick up anyone from New England, and and I think it'd be a decent decent idea. Who do you think that one goal from RSL is going to come from? I don't know. I just think that they'll probably score a goal because New England's defense hasn't impressed me. Uh, that's why I wouldn't pick up any RSL players because I don't even know who would score their goal. Maybe Rusnak would have some sort of creation or something in that, but... You know who really knows? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick up anybody on RSL. Hey Blaine, Chicago is finally coming home after what a three-game road streak, and they're going up against Seattle. Are we going to see some big success out of Chicago again, or is this going to be another struggling game? Uh, really hard to tell at this point. It kind of depends on which Seattle team shows up. To be honest, um, I really do see this one being a grindy game. Uh, You've got Juninho and McCarty together, and they can shut down a lot of offenses. Chicago has been really good on the defensive end at home all season long, um, except for the one game where they picked up a really early red card on defense, and that really killed the thing, so we'll just throw that one out. 
Um, this one's really tough to pick up. Uh, I could easily see this one being a nil-nil draw or 1-0 to Chicago, but I'm kind of predicting more of a 2-2. I think this one will open up a little bit, especially as fouls start to rack up and get a couple of free kick opportunities. So when you start getting into that, you got to look at Ladero and Schweinsteiger and some of the other guys who are big set-piece players. And then if if Seattle's going to unlock him, I still go back to Dempsey for this one on a more defensive game. You could look at Alonzo or McCarty. It just it really depends on what your feeling is on the, how this game's going to play out. And I just kind of see a more of a gritty, grindy game with two teams that aren't opposed to fouling a little bit more to disrupt the game. I don't know if these are where I'd come to look for my fantasy players. I mean, Ladero's the obvious choice here, but at the price tag, I don't think he's worth it. So I'm just going to go out with a – we'll call it a 1-1 scoreline, and I'm really probably avoiding this one for fantasy players. I think you hit all the numbers there, Blaine, so eventually you may hit the right scoreline for that one. Yeah. Okay, Simon, Portland versus Atlanta. Atlanta's been struggling on the road, so is this the kind of game Portland needs to get back, or do you think we're going to see Valeri back in this one? Well, I don't know. I tried to do my research before and figure it out. And I think I like zoned out while Mike was giving me the Valeri update. But what I I wrote down on my paper that I had to prepare for this is who the hell knows. Um, and I have a score prediction of two to two because I do have a prediction for how this game will go. I think that neither of these teams are great defensively, which you can see by their previous records. Um, games in Portland, Portland tends to come out and score some goals. And sometimes they concede some goals. So I could see 2-2 or 3-3 or some 3-2 score one direction or the others. So I think my strategy for this would be that if we get a confirmation by midweek that Valeri is going to play, which I don't think that we're going to get, I would definitely pick up Valeri and maybe even Adi. If you don't have that confirmation, I might just stay away from Portland's attackers, although I think you could make a reasonable case for picking up Blanco or, again, Adi, but I think I'd probably pick up uh, some sort of Atlanta attacking player if I if I felt so inclined to have a differential or something, um, maybe Almiron or whatever, or, you know, any one of those guys. I think you'd be fine picking up a, an attacking player from either team, knowing that there's going to be some goals scored in this one. That's the kind of game I think you could expect. Personally, I will have nobody from this game unless... Valeri is confirmed to play. Okay, Anne-Marie, New York versus L.A. Both have been going through a bit of a rough patch lately. How do you think this game's going to turn out? Um, I think it's going to be a really boring game, honestly. I'm predicting 0-0, maybe a 1-1. Neither team really looks like they could beat the other team, you know? So um, maybe if there was one team that had an edge, it would be... I'd say the Galaxy um, with Allison Drini. Uh, he scored on the road in Orlando, I know, and I'm sure he's done it more than that. So um, he's really the only player I would touch from that game. Oh. Oh, sorry. Since I kind of predicted 0-0, I would say maybe defenders. <laughs> okay. I was going to be like, what, no no defensive options here? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. I left that part out. Defenders. Okay, and Mike, wrap everything up with us. Dallas, New York City. This should be a good one. 
Well, it, it's really interesting to me because this now features two of the better defenses in the league. Uh, I think New York City now has one of the best expected goals. Uh, I think they're second uh, in the league right now uh, after another good performance against Atlanta, which a lot of people weren't expecting, including me. Um, so that you know, now they're starting a three-game road trip, which is going to include a DGW next week. Um, I'm a little nervous about whether or not they rotate for this game or the midweek game uh, against RSL. But if New York City goes full out, uh, I'm expecting this to be a more defensive matchup. Uh, Dallas has proven that they're pretty good defensively, but they're really struggling offensively. So I, I think you're going to see a, a good contest, but I think it probably ends 1-1 um, un- unless you know New York City does something unexpected even for me and, and really carves up the Dallas defense, which we really haven't seen even though Dallas has played – um, you know, a team like Portland, um, even though Portland scored two goals, the expected goals weren't really there. So I, I'm expecting 1-1 here. I, I don't know that you're picking up a whole lot of players because I'm not expecting a clean sheet. But if you're going anywhere, I would go a defender, uh, you know, maybe like Callens for uh, New York City if you're really adventurous on the road. But if you have the money, someone like Hedges <coughs> or, or Figueroa, you know, someone in Dallas because they're on home. Um and their defense has just been so solid this year. I think they're always a good bet at home. And the big question for this game, though, Mike, does Pirlo start? Well, Herrera is going to be out, but it's undeniable that New York City has looked miles better without Pirlo. So um, my hope is that Pirlo is on the bench and Tommy McNamara um, takes his place or um, – I don't know if we have a, another defensive midfielder that I really trust uh, to take what Herrera has been doing the past two games. Um, but um, I I think the days of Pirlo starting need to have come to an end. Uh, what we've seen the past two games made a pretty definitive case that we're a lot better, miles better defensively with him on the bench and we don't suffer anything offensively. If, if anything, Maxi Morales is miles better with Pirlo on the bench because he doesn't feel like he has to cover for his mistakes and he's been much freer to go up create chances and I think he's gotten uh, assists in both of the past two games where Pirlo's been out and then he got the goal last week and I, I think could have had, had two uh, this match against Atlanta so hopefully New York City is is putting Pirlo to bed and trying to see if they can talk him into retirement <laughs> Maybe not very fantasy relevant. Don't think he's very highly owned, but an interesting topic that is currently going around the circle. So glad to have your input on that. That is all that we have for the games that are coming up, unless you all have anything else you'd like to add before we move on to picks. All right, hearing none. Thank you so much, everyone. We hope that you guys find that helpful in your planning for the teams that you're going to get. Uh, Because, as I didn't mention, as I should have at the top of the show, the games start on Wednesday, so be sure to get your teams all lined up. To help you figure that out even more, here are our player picks, starting with the keeper. Blaine, who do you like? Um, might be the odd one out this week. I'm actually liking Cody Cropper. Wow. Um, I really I really don't trust RSL's attack, and at 4.0, it's really hard to ignore him. Simon? Um, I guess I'll take Zach Steffen because he's cheap and has a double game week. All right, Anne Marie. Um, I wanted David Bingham, but I couldn't afford him, so Ouch. I'm going with um, Irwin. Risk taker, I like it, Mike. 
Well, Blaine, you took my differential. I have Cody Cropper too, <laughs> mostly for the price. But if, if if I had an extra two million, I would probably get uh, Bingham. But I, I don't trust RSL's attack um, on a mid, uh, you know, cross country trip either. Who do you like on defense, Mike? For defense, um, I, I really like Orlando. So right now I have uh, Sutter, Toya, and Zavaleta. Uh, also have um, Long from the New York Red Bulls as part of a switcheroo. Blaine? Um, I'm bouncing back and forth between Haglund and Zavaleta. I kind of want to see what's going on with the rotation. But with Zavaleta sitting, I think he'll get both games. Um, and then uh, Long and Redding are in there right now. Simon? I have uh, Zavaleta from Toronto, Youngverth, and Lima at the moment. Ooh, I like those San Jose guys. Um, I'm undecided on Lima, though. I think San Jose just has a good matchup. Amory? Um, I'm kind of with Simon here. I've got Lima, Youngverth, Spectre. And then for the time being, I have Redding, but I have a feeling it's probably going to be Aha, so that'll probably change. And who do you like at midfield, Amory? Um, well, I'm going with the 4-3-3 this week, so I'm having Miriam Bradley and Lee Wynn. Oh, nice. Mike? Uh, I have all double game week players um, in midfield, Higuain, Miriam, and Bradley. Although I guess I have Tabla as part of a switcheroo. So, but yeah, the, the big three, Higuain, Miram, and Bradley. Blaine. Uh, I've got Bradley, Miram, and Lee Wynn as well. And then I'm kind of bouncing forth between Alex from Houston and Will Trapp for a double game week player. I'm just going to kind of echo this stuff and say that I've got Bradley, I've got Miram, and I've got Wynn. I want to have a fourth midfielder. I do not have that decided yet, but those are the three that I got on my team right now. Well, who do you have at your forward spot then? Well, so far I got Giovinco and Ola Kamara, and I don't have a third yet, but I think Giovinco and Ola Kamara are the best two in the round and will probably play both. Mm, that's, 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 that's what I got. Um, I'm going with Ola Kamara, Giovinco, and Altidore. Oh, Mike. Uh, same as Anne Marie, Josie, Giovinco, and Ola Kamara. Blaine. Well, those are the three I currently have, but I've been wavering on Ola Kamara a little bit and looking at Torres if he's back. But considering he's concussion, probably not back. So it's going to be Josie, Gio, and Kamara. Oh, pretty clean sweep there. And finally, Captain Blaine. Who are you going with? Um. Giovinco in a double game week after some rest. I think he's going to play both. And second game against Minnesota. I mean, can't say no to that. Simon. Give me a G. Give me an I. Give me an O. I'll spare you the rest. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Start with Sebastian. So, Giovanni Dos Santos, Simon, for you? Definitely. Man, <laughs> absolutely Dos Santos. No, Giovinco. <laughs> Amory. Um, I have it on Gio, uh, Jovinko, but I think you could make a strong case for Miram. Oh, I like it. And Mike, wrap us up. Uh, 
I have Giovinco as well. All right. Clean sweep. Clean sweep. And good reasons. Good reasons. I mean, 28 points last week is nothing to uh, be sad about. So great scores. Well, thank you so much, guys, for giving us the and lady for giving us those answers and tips. And I hope, again, everyone finds that helpful in making your selections for Wednesday's games. Now, moving on to community time, my favorite part of the show, the R slash fantasy MLS top score. This round goes to simply Brian, manager of Real Chile uh, with 138 points. That was just one sh- shy from the 139 point overall high score. So congrats, Brian. That was awesome. You did very well, very well. Now, moving on to the Patreon League, uh, I held on to the first place spot after a close head-to-head battle against Richard Prangle, uh, 128 to 125. Uh, Richard was sending me a few things on Twitter, which I enjoyed very much, uh, and that one was a nail-biter. But well played, Richard. I held on to that. Uh, but Bit Nomad, Josh Lewis, and uh, Blank's friend, RJ Gage, are right behind me. Uh, with a record of 7-0-2. So it is it is tight in the uh, Patreon head-to-head league. I hope you guys have been enjoying that this year. Uh, that's been a special treat that just our Patreon followers got to uh, join in on that, that exclusive league from MLS Fantasy Insider. Another exclusive league, the MLS FI Hosts Head-to-Head League, which I'm sorry, Amory, we didn't get you in on this. Definitely have to fix that. For next year, um, but if you have any head-to-heads, I want to hear about them. Uh, I beat Jason. Uh, he was gone, so it's it's good to beat him. But sorry, I can't brag while he's not here. One twenty-eight to one twenty-two. So another nail biter for myself. Uh, Blaine, I think you did a bit of bragging about your team. How'd that turn out? Yeah, yeah. Um, I was doing really well after the second TFC game. Really happy with the way things went. And then it was just a little bit downhill from there. I ended up losing to fantasy football 24 7, 127 to 121. Um, I am going to blame the car wreck and not being able to get more out. But yeah, that was just, I spoke too soon. I don't think that's going to go over well with that fantasy football 24 7 crowd, that kind of excuse. I'm sorry. Uh, our buddy Phil yeah, took probably on. Not, but... <laughs> no, they, they won't stand for that. Uh, our buddy Phil took on. Uh, Andrew Crawlard, and he lost 109 to 125. Andrew put up a tough match that round as well. Uh, next, we had Ivan from Fantasy Football first taking on Guy Sanchez, and Guy lost by 10 points, 105 to 95. And then, uh, Mike, your game against Tim, how'd that turn out? Was leading until the last game when he used my own David Villa and Jack Harrison against me, which is not right. But uh, yeah, yeah, he started uh, five defend. Tim started five defenders, uh, and even though his Bradley Wright Phillips pick didn't work out, uh, all the defenders in the Toronto clean sheet uh, at Seattle that I was not expecting and Dom Dwyer not doing anything against Minnesota nipped me at the end, so I lost by two points. So one twenty-one to one nineteen, tough, tough score. Simon, you took on Travis, and Travis somehow lost to me. <laughs> 112 to 109 was another close game. A lot of these were close games, except for this last one. Uh, ben Bear from MLS took on Andrew Weeby from Extra Time Radio, smashed him, smashed him 104 to 73 points. Uh, well done, Ben. Uh, enjoy playing our taco. And uh, I can't believe Andrew has been doing as well with, with the team that he has been fielding recently. So that's it. Uh, next uh, Reed, week, I just, 
Oh, Reed, I just checked. I don't think Andrew's updated his lineup in five weeks. I know. He needs to be taunted on Twitter. Taunt Andrew Weeby for his lack of fantasy involvement. It's It must be done. Uh, next week, congrats, Michael, on having to buy. You take on Andrew Weeby. Uh, Guy Sanchez takes on Ben Bear. Andrew Crawler takes on Simon. Fantasy Football 24-7 takes on Tim. Jason takes on Fantasy Football First. Blaine, you're taking on Phil, and I am taking on Travis in the head-to-head matches. Uh, Anne-Marie, are you doing any head-to-head games this year? Um, I am in a small head-to-head group with the uh, Total MLS guys. Um, I'm in first place, so I'm happy about that. (laughs) Very nice, very nice. Decidedly in first place, or are you a couple games ahead? Um, Let's see, I have 25 points, and then Corey Jensen, who's right below me, has 18. So. Oh, you got you got a few in hand. Very well, very well. Well, I love the head head to head format, so I'm glad that uh, I'm doing well. But I'm glad to hear that you guys are still enjoying it. I hope everyone else is as well. That's all that we have time for tonight. So, does anyone have any plugs they want to give us? Anne Marie. Yeah, I mean, I got to shout out the Total MLS dudes. Um, you know, they do a podcast and they get some MLS guys on there, um, and that's pretty fun. And then. Um, I mean, if you just like MLS in general, you should probably follow their total, their account, Total MLS. Um, they do live gifting or gifting. Um, and then, of course, my fantasy report um, comes out the morning of the, the first game. So. How'd you, Blaine? Uh, nothing this week. Nothing from Blaine. Mike? A double do. Uh, MLS injury news. Uh, I really need people to get me the um, international call-ups. Um, that's going to be a big thing, you know, with the U20s this week and then coming up. That's really real hard thing for me to keep track of. So if you can um, let me know that information, I can pass it on, and I would very much appreciate it. So thank you all. Simon. Yeah, um, I don't know if I've said this since being on this show, but I have a new radio show that I've been doing for like, five months now it's called open house and you can hear it at c895.org slash listen it's on monday nights 9 to 11 p.m pacific time it's two hours of house music um yeah for those that don't know i'm pretty pretty active in the whole house music community and got guest djs every week at 10 p.m if you want to check it out after the fact you can go to c895.org slash on demand you just scroll down to the Monday section. It's a, kind of a little bit of a clunky player sometimes, but it, it'll work. If you want to just hit me up on Twitter about that too, you can feel free to ask. But if you like house music, if you like clubs, if you like stuff like that, um, you might like that radio show. I put a lot of work into it every week. So maybe you'll like it. If you're in Seattle, you can listen on the radio too, obviously, 89.5 FM. So yeah, everyone check that out. And of course you can check... Catch out, catch, I can't talk. You can catch everything that I do at MLSFantasyBoss.com along with articles from Blaine and others there and also at the uh, MLS Fantasy site, one of the fantasy experts. I put up some picks every week and then you can catch me also on the United States of Soccer over on SiriusXM talking with Jason Davis usually on the the last day before game, the day the game starts. Um, just to get those last minute fancy tips in there. But of course you can also go to Reddit, reddit.com slash R slash fantasy MLS. Geez, so much stuff. I gets all tongue tied, but any kind of fantasy MLS stuff. I like to be there. I hope you guys are getting information from all the sources. That being said, good luck. <laughs>